Welcome to the Space of the Waist, featuring host Melody Edmondson. Do you struggle with the right look to complement your body shape? Have you tried so many different looks and styles only to be disappointed time and again? You've landed on the right program. We'll show you how to make the right style work in your favor. Now, here is Melody Edmondson. Welcome to the Space of the Waste. Thank you so much for tuning into the Variety Channel today, as you do every Tuesday, I'm hoping. And thank you uh, very much for uh, connecting with our network, uh, The Voice of America. And I want to remind everyone to get book one on Amazon.com. And it's also, there's a link on my page on www.voiceamerica.com. If you want to buy it, take it'll take you over. Otherwise, go to amazon.com and ask for book one by initial C, Melody Edmondson. And that's E-D-M-O-N-D-S-O-N. And then you buy book one, the guidebook, your fashion guide based on body shape and space of the waist. My space of the waist, as you know, if you've been watching the show, is all about waist length. That space between the bust line and where the waist nips in. And I have gone over these numbers before, but I... I've gotten a lot of emails and people want me to give them the numbers again. They are in book one. So I encourage you to get book one because they're in there anyway. But if you're average height, five foot four to five foot nine inches, the waist length from under the bust line at the bottom of your bra band is a good way to gauge down to where your waist nips in. You should have six to seven inches there. If you have under six inches, you would be short-waisted. If you have over seven inches, you would be long-waisted. And I'm giving you a little bit of a fudge already because if you do the golden ratio to this area, the number would start at 6.3 inches. So I'm giving you 0.3 because I found so many short-waisted people. And it isn't just me that finds that there are many, many women all over the world that are less than six inches between for their waist length. And that has been verified by Savitude uh, and a German company, uh, another company, uh, Human Proportions in Germany, and many other people besides myself. If you are taller than 5'9", if you're 5'10 and over, that waist length to be balanced would be 8 to 9 inches. And you would be short-waisted if you were under 8 inches, and you would be long-waisted if you were over 9 inches. If you are a shorter woman, not necessarily a petite, but a shorter woman under 5'4", your balanced waist would be 4.3 to five inches. And your short waist would be under four inches and your long waist would be over five inches. Okay, I just wanted to clarify that. Today we have a wonderful guest and we have an epic show planned with Madeline Roos. And she, we have uh, 
She is a senior level celebrity wardrobe stylist. Madeline Roos works in New York, LA, wherever she is needed, many countries really. And she is here today and we are just so pleased to have her. Uh, Madeline, will you want to introduce yourself yeah. and talk about yourself okay. a little bit, your background, which I know I have on the bio, but I'd like, they want listeners like to hear it from you. A little bit about your oh, background okay. and where you studied and how you got started and some of your celebrity clients and <laughs> magazines, music videos. I mean, I could go on and on, movies. I mean, so many famous people. So let me let you yeah. introduce yourself. Okay, thank you. Um, my name is Madeline Ruiz, and I have been a stylist, wardrobe person, personal shopper over 30 years. Now, I knew what I wanted to do as a teenager. I was 16 and I was just, you know, just fantasizing with the magazines that were then pretty large in size. Vogue, Bazaar, L'Officiel, uh, W, uh, and they, they were big magazines and the, the pictures of the models, their faces, the clothing, I mean, it was, I would look at them and it was something that spoke to me. It was something that was inspiring. And yes. I believe that in those days, that was what models and high fashion were for. Because most kids coming out of school, I was in FIT, Fashion Institute of Technology, we knew it was a long way before we would get a major job. But when I was going to school at FIT, I, I was going to school at night. And I received my associate bachelor's all at night. It was night school. Wow. The reason was because I worked for Gucci during the day. It was like crazy. Where, I don't did, know. Did you was, work at retail stores? I did. I worked at the retail store. selling And Gucci at Gucci, right? At, on the fifth the Fifth Avenue store. Yeah, the Fifth and, Avenue Gucci, yeah. I started in the bell department, and about three months later, I was moved up to the fashion department. Now, I didn't really know what was happening. I mean, I had an idea. I must have been about 19, 19 years old, and I, it was insane. I mean, the store was that kind of store you see in the movies. Yes. I remember I, it well. <laughs> I mean, it, it, the Gucci brothers were on the floor uh, talking to their clients, yes. and they were dressed up beautifully. 
Italian men, you yes. know, with their Italian clothes, how gorgeous. Yes. And they spoke other languages. And then the store would close for two hours for lunch, which was like, what? But that was the world yeah. I was in. Love and it. I was, it was crazy. I wore a uniform and I was able to go through the store because I was part of the fashion department. And I, the shoe department had tremendous traffic. And there was a man that used to come into the store with his wife. He was so avant-garde. So, I mean, I just didn't know what to make of him. He wore a cape. He had a walking stick. And his wife had like a kerchief tied under her chin with these clothes with white tights and sensible pumps. And it was Salvador Dali. And his wife. I mean, it was crazy. Uh, it was, that was the world yes. I was in that, that I had fallen into. And I was, was thrilling. But, you know, I, I learned from the luxurious of clothing, you know, the finest. And as I went through my life working for designers, I decided that I wanted to take a piece of everything. And that's how styling became for me. And okay. when I started styling in the 80s, I would mix everything. And it became my uh, look. Okay. Now, it was fun because in the 80s, fashion was all over the place. So you could do many things in fashion and nothing yeah. seemed out of place. You know, um, so I, from there, I went into the music industry. And what I was actually, right before that, I was with a magazine. I was their fashion editor and the Spanish magazine. I speak Spanish from Puerto Rico. I'm from Puerto Rico. So okay. I so I was into this thing about how women should dress for themselves. Because I noticed that being that the Latin market became very important to me when I went into the music industry. Um, yeah. I noticed that. Latina women, I felt as though they were uh, forced or scared uh, in competition with each other because the men in their lives, I mean, it's almost as though they wanted to please the man so much that the, the tighter or more revealing a dress were, would be, would, that's how they felt secure in keeping their husband, their relationship. The competition was fierce. Oh. So, you know, I would watch this. I said to myself, you know, this is not right. This is not cool. There should not be that intensity and fear of having to dress a certain way because you're afraid that you're going to be left alone. You're going 
going to be left for another woman. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying this doesn't happen today, but in those days, it was happening. severe. <laughs> it was happening all the time. Oh, so my. So they weren't dressing for themselves. That's it. People were not afraid to have their own style. So since I saw that that was happening, I said, you know, I want to say something to these ladies. I want to talk to them about how it's okay, how, why don't they think about what they are attracted to, what they feel, you know, what they would love to look like. I mean, and I, I tried to explain that sexiness doesn't have to be just about revealing your body. That's right. Expressing who they are is a confidence that is attractive. That's right. And sensuous was my preference rather than sexual. Yes. Because, yeah, sensuous is quieter. Yeah, not tardy, not tawdry or whatever the word, you know what I mean? Not. It gets to be very hooker, streetwalker, some of the things that became high fashion during this that time. Even John Versace, I thought very tawdry, and I think uh, his sister is much more classy than, than his designs. Right. That's me. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of times I have a strong opinion also. And I learned, uh, even like when I was much younger, I would be kind of like chop, chop, you know, with my opinion, like, oh, this, oh, that, you know. But being now, I'm more into personal style. It's truly what I work with yes. today. What I back then, it was a pain. It was very difficult for you. I can see you You have paved the way for many of the other stylists because you, you were teaching them about individualism and how to express yourself through your clothing, not express what someone else expects you to look like or what you think someone else wants you to look like. Right, right. I the think culture. that's very important. I think that was, you were so far ahead of your time on that, Madeline. Thank you. Very far ahead before, of your time. Before I forget, one of the celebrities that for me, hit it on the head with Sophia Loren. Sophia, oh I yes. Mean, beautiful, classy. That's it. I'm sexy. And sexy. Yes. Super. But not tawdry. Not tawdry. Not nasty looking. You know, not exactly. like, is that fashion or is that a street walk? You know, sometimes when you get confused, you know you've done the wrong thing. That's what I say. And right. class... I Class has totally gone by the wayside, I think. I'd like to get you more involved in some of these music videos because I think a lot of it is just all trashy instead of elegant or classy. I mean, or even individualized, you know, it individualized as what? Does anyone really want to see that? I mean, it, it it's almost like everything's become shock value and how much... You know, they, they might as well be walking out there with nothing on and at any size and any anything and any hair color. But 
what has happened to class and good taste has been lost along the way, which you were trying to bring into the forefront front back then along with individuality. So we thank you for that. And uh, goodness so, gracious, it gets a little crazy with some of the things you see on the award shows. I think, wow, right. you know, I wouldn't call right. that pretty. I wouldn't call that attractive. I mean, I wouldn't call that how how you'd want to look. But they also, many, many times, they do not take their body shape and their waist length into consideration at all. I mean, I'm not talking about size. I'm, I'm talking about size inclusivity. But at whatever size you are, you have a given proportion. You have either a short waist or a long waist or a balanced waist. Let's pay attention to that and dress accordingly, you know, and I don't see that being done. And I see stylists on some of these shows, whether, whether it's America's Got Talent or uh, The Voice or American Idol, or anything else, I see all of these young people wearing belts and wearing two tones, like a white on the top and a black on the bottom when they're short-waisted and rounded in their figure shape, and or square because they're very athletic, because many athletic bodies are very muscular and square to dancers. There is a way to dress people. Anyone can be dressed beautifully, but not in black and white, cut in half, that's going to make you look whiter and shorter. I mean, it's not, that's not the kind of exclusivity, I mean, inclusivity we're talking about. We're talking about, we accept all sizes, colors, leg shapes, body shapes, arm shapes, neck shapes, hair color. But let's pay attention to our body shape and our waist length and dress accordingly. So getting back to that a little bit with all the people you've worked with, and I and I and you noted that uh Thea Loren had a way of being uh, sensual and still classy and pretty and very sexy. And you think of other people that you admire or you have dressed. And I know you've dressed Iris Athel. Athel. Yeah. And you'll have to talk about her because I know you've done traveling chess for her. You've uh, been a personal wardrobe consultant and buyer for her. And she relies on you for many things for many years. So I think that's exciting. So tell us a little bit about that and other people you've worked Okay. Um, I met uh, Iris Apfel uh, in a store where I work in New York by the name of Lomans, which I worked there for six years as their personal shop. And it was such a fabulous job. I adored it because I would pull clothing from the store and we tried to focus on Italian brands. And the idea of coming into a store and being able to buy a Valentino or Givenchy, yeah. uh, Albert Nippon, uh, a Gucci, was very hard to find uh, for us. And Alexander McQueen, 
these are the pieces that customers, clients knew that we would try to wrap. I put them in my room, which was o'clock. So uh, one day, one of the management says to me, um, a woman named Iris Apfel is doing a makeover clinic in one of our stores. Would you like to assist her? Now, I didn't know who she yeah. was. I mean, you know, I just, so I, I come out of my office and I walk into the shoe department and there's a tall with short gray hair wearing denim. I mean, blue denim jacket, blue jeans, sensible shoes like loafers. And I just kind of walked by her, you know, I heard about this fat shape. I didn't think it was her. <laughs> and it's a terrible thing, but it's true. Yeah. So I close my door, I go back in my office, and she comes behind me and she knocks on the door. Okay. So I I open the door and she says, Hi, I'm Iris Apfel. I'm here to meet Madeline. And I was like, Oh, Iris, you know, so she came in and she talked about her events. Okay, I'm on the, uh, the Good Morning America. I'm on, I have to go to a fashion show. I'm going to promote uh, a new designer. Mm -hmm. I'm at his luncheon. You know, she was so generous with her time and yes. she supported she supported designers and artists. That's one of the reasons why people love her, because she's there with, with her presence to help people take off in their careers. Yes. And people are really appreciative. Anyway, so she comes to my office and she says, I want you to pull the things you think that will suit me for my events. So that began our relationship. So okay. when, they, when they would come in, for instance, there was a coat that I found, Dolce Gabbana, and it was um, white pony skin with dark brown, I mean, almost black spots. Yes, all over it. of the pony black skin. Leather. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Right. Brown and white, yeah. And black leather piping around the a collar, so it stood up. Big cuffs with the black piping. Yes. And I said to myself, you know, I think she's gonna. I think this is fabulous. Uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And it was cold with those big snaps. Yes, I can just see her in it. I got a vision of her in this already. <laughs> Sounds exactly you know, like her. So I send that to her. And all of a sudden, the next day on um, the Today Show, she's walking up a ramp into the, um, the, uh, studio. the network, the studio. Yeah. Uh, so, and she's walking up the, uh, the ramp with a cane. Someone's helping her. And there she is wearing that coat. Oh my and gosh. I, I said, you know, fabulous. There I am at work the night before, about nine o'clock, pulling these things that were coming into the store and pulling that coat and saying, 
yes, I'm sending it to her. Maybe she can use it. And I think her life was like that. You know, pulling things at the last minute. There was not too much. I mean, maybe there's planning now because she had blown up so much. Yes. Her career is... She had to get an agency. I mean, I read that Tommy Hilfiger got a modeling agency because, you know, she was being asked to do so many things and she couldn't keep track of everything. I don't know. And, you know, I think it was one of those things with instinct. I think that's what she relied on. And she would just pull a piece in that moment and go with it. And it felt right. It looked right. And I think that people that become comfortable with their personal style. Yes. That's it. It's right. You don't have to necessarily plan. I mean, you have to have great things in your closet, but what feels right in that moment is what you're going to go with. And, you, and you try, after a while, you ask yourself, you know, like when I remember she was going to something, I was at her, and um, she had in her a collection a red, um, how shall I say, it wasn't feathers. It was like lamb, like the um, Persian lamb, yeah. you know, uh-huh. purse. Yeah. And she just happened to have a big jacket, short jacket, in the same fabric, in red. And she just put those two together. And then she found like a long red scarf. And it was a cashmere scarf. Yeah. But the way wrapped it around her head and her neck, it just added such class. You bet. So it was a red short lamb, curly lamb jacket with a white curly lamb scarf and a red woven scarf. And the red handbag. And the red handbag. Okay. Right. It was like, it was, I don't know, eight o'clock at night and she would just go into her, uh, elevator with her um the men that would go in with her you know to operate the elevator which is beautiful you know when they open the gate and the person comes in there's one person she looks amazing and and it the guys were used to her they they expected her Mm -hmm. to look so such like a celebrity Yes. that she was and became. So That's right. it was to be around people like mm-hmm. and It was. I and inspiring and it helped you be even better because you got to look at things that you saw her wearing, just like you did with all your other clients. You would, you could make them look even better, you know, because you had, you could look everywhere for what would be right for them. You could actually make them look better while they're doing whatever it is they're doing. It takes a lot of time to find clothes. A lot of time to yeah, find clothes. It does. it does. Okay, we're going to have to uh, go to break here in, in a, a few seconds. So let me just say uh, we'll be back after uh, we have a commercial break and we will be right back. I'm going to take a little break myself and we'll see you in a few minutes. This is 
the space of the waist. Tune back in. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. C. Melody Edmondson has created a book series, The Space of the Waste. The book series may be found on Amazon.com. You'll want to purchase book one first. Your fashion guide based on body shape and the space of the waist. This is a new method of measuring, including the first guidebook. There are a total of 19 volumes that focus on different body shapes and waist lengths and how to make the space of the waist work for you. Find the Space of the Waist guides on Amazon.com. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Connect with us, and we'll connect with you. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on LinkedIn. Get the first word about happenings with the network, where our next live event will be, and what's up with our hosts. Look up Voice America on LinkedIn. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to The Space of the Waste. To reach the show today, call in to 1 866 472 5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to thespaceofthewaste at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to The Space of the Waste. This is your host, Melody Edmondson, on the Variety Channel. And today we had Madeline Ruth, who is a senior-level celebrity wardrobe stylist and has curated many, many uh, multiple fashion uh, productions. So we're just so happy to have her here today and what an honor. She was just talking about Iris Apfel and the things that she's done with and for Iris and some of the other celebrities that she's worked with. I'm looking at a list here. I mean, there are so many. Uh, so back to Madeline. Tell us some more exciting things. I know our listeners are loving hearing about all these people that you've worked with. So tell me some other of your gifts that you have uh, sort of gotten through your styling of people. Have you, You've given certain people an attitude, I think, or a look or an aesthetic that they may not have had had they not come into your presence. Because I think some of these people I see on your list, 
probably didn't have a strong aesthetic before they had you. So you want to talk about that a little bit or whatever else you'd like to talk about, about dressing some of the people you've, you've styled. Well, okay. This is the thing. When I dress someone, I cannot dress them unless what I want to project is already there at some level. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, if I, if I work with you, let's just say, yes, I am going to ask you questions about your life. I'm going to ask you three books that you would like to work with, which is one look would be as you are, how you show up your day to day, how you identify with yourself. The second would be how you would like to look. If you could, let's say, um, hmm, remember Peggy Lipton? Yes, um, yes. The, I forgot the show, my goodness. Uh, the Mod Squad. Yes, yes. Okay, so. Quincy Jones's wife, she married Quincy. She married Quincy oh, Jones okay. and had Rashid and beautiful right. children yes yeah. and died of cancer so not long ago but go ahead yeah. so let's say i i choose her i choose barbara walters okay the essence of barbara walters the class the knowledge the way she holds herself serious and yeah, yeah. and thirdly i would say Mm, Lauren Hutton. Okay. Trailblazer, you know, taking chances in the modeling world, hanging in there. So let's say I take those three women and I combine them. That reminds me of you, Melody Edmonds. Okay. I, I like I mean, that. I'm, I'll be Barbara, Lauren, and Mod Squad. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be a modern, serious safari girl. <laughs> I think of Lauren Hutton in a safari jacket and kind of natural and uh, the Barbara Walters. And Barbara is very serious, knowledgeable, authoritative, and yeah. no nonsense. Ask the question, the hard questions, and. Uh, right. And Lipton, uh, I forget her first name. What was Peggy the, Lipton? Mod Squad. Yeah, but what was her first name? Peggy. Peggy, Peggy Lipton. Okay, Peggy. Yeah. Uh -huh. Peggy was, uh, I feel, also very natural, but she had a natural beauty right. and she had sort of a, I would say, I don't want to say hippie look, but she had of a casual, natural style about her. You know, she, she was a vegetarian. She believed in gardens. I mean, her look went with her life. You know what I'm saying? Her look and her life were the same. Where sometimes you meet people and their look doesn't match their life and you're just very surprised they look the way they do or that their house looks the way it does when you see them a certain way. 
But I'll take that. At, that is insightful. So, Go ahead. If you are in front of me, usually choose three. Yes. Um, oh. Icons. Yeah. Because people, people looks. Yeah. Now the third, the third look is a look that you aspire to be. It's almost like you can't touch it. Like you say to yourself, I could, it's like, could I ever, would I ever, you know, I, and I'm trying to think of what it would be. I know it would, for you, it would be like some queen of someplace. No, <laughs> no, but maybe it's Lauren Hutton, if that's the third one. No, <laughs> Is no, it, no, it, no, it no, 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 has to be what I aspire to at, above them. Okay. Exactly. Some queen or somebody in royalty. I'm just saying, but this, it, this is the fantasy that when you put everything together, you're going to find out, you're going to find your look. Yes. And there's nothing, and nobody's going to give you this info. It's inside of you. No, you are, yeah. You can relate to what So when I'm working anyone, um, it's about this conversation I'm having with you. Yes. And, and, then, and your intuition and insight into them as they're talking to you. Exactly. How you react. Um, the other thing is it has to be authentic. If your oh, style yeah. is authentic, then you're going to wear it beautifully. Yeah. No one's going to say, oh, my goodness, why is she wearing that? Mm -hmm. You know, because you carry it well because it's part of you. Mm -hmm. I mean, very, I wish I had a stylist because people, <laughs> have, no, seriously, yeah. it's like you have to stand away from the person and see. Mm -hmm. what people see and then together you can work it out so that it becomes something that enriches your life because you are more connected to who you are yes and it's a beautiful thing style is is really a gift when you have your personal style when you get it for yourself uh it's um once I tapped into that, all the I, the fashion icons, the artistic people that I was around, Salvador Dali and, and Jerry Hall was the first model I ever worked with. But the standards of beauty that, that thank goodness, I now understand are the things that I hold up in front of a client in front of a person because everyone has a beauty and it just takes someone and trusting someone to pull it out that's right and sh and show you and show you hey this yes. is what you're suggesting is this okay with you do you want to change it mm -hmm. so um i i'm so grateful that I was able to be around such beauty and such art in my life. Yes. Because, uh, 
I, I could give someone a gift just by talking with them like this and yes. then teach them, teaching them the beauty that they have that they can work with. Right yes. now, I'm focusing on the older woman. Okay. I'll tell you what. Okay. I feel that there's a, there's a point in time in a woman's life where the looks are starting to fade and they just don't get the reaction on the street of men anymore. And it can be so sad, lonely, a depression experience. And I am going through that. Well, as being... You're from Puerto Rico, and I personally think that the Puerto Rican women are the most beautiful women on the planet. I think Venezuelan women are gorgeous as well, yeah. but I think the Puerto Absolutely. Rican women, when I went to Puerto Rico, I never saw so many beautiful women, beautiful bodies, beautiful proportions, beautiful hair, beautiful skin, beautiful eyes, and I thought, wow, so so mazel tov to you and no i'm not jewish but i think that is very very wonderful that um uh you've you've had all these years of being beautiful you know and you're true it's true though i'm glad you're focusing on older women because you know i know when i turned the corner i noticed it too it's when you been beautiful your whole life and then all of a sudden you're not getting those looks and you're not getting what you used to get even with my friends that haven't haven't gained an ounce and have had a million facelifts it's something about i call it maybe it's from a quantum level or maybe it's from your aura or your spirit but i feel that well for one thing for me when I was younger and it happened to me because it started happening when I was about 40, then I thought I got over it pretty quickly, you know, because I thought, okay, I'm over it because uh, if I had a daughter, it would be her turn, you know? So I, I really did get over it. And it became very, very relaxing by, by the time I was 50 because I was so glad to not have it to deal with. You know, having everybody hitting on you everywhere you go, somebody's husband or, you know, it used to be different than it is now. Now it's different for these girls because of the rules have changed. But back in our day, and I know you're younger than I am, but the point is men, you know, they did very inappropriate things all during our lives. And we just had to deal with it. We could put them in their place in a very in a way, like my dad used to tell teach me how to put people in their place in a very, very complimentary way so that I wouldn't lose my job, but that I wouldn't be pushing hands away from me all the time. You know what I'm saying? Or phone calls or whatever. So I'm just saying that's a relief. That is so great. And I think what you're ready to say and uh, why I'm glad you were uh, after a market maybe from 50, 75 or over, maybe even into the 90s, women are beautiful, women are beautiful at every age, is that then you know who you are. 
you know who you are now. You know who you're not. And you know what rules you want to break and what rules you do not like breaking. Like I'm a person and I am tall, but I do not like above the knee skirts. 70-year-old women or 60-year-old women or even 50-year-old women. I just don't like it. Now, if you're a petite and you're particularly short, understand that, that you can break the rule because otherwise it doesn't look like a good proportion on your leg, in my opinion. To have a too long skirt, it looks dowdy. You can do a maxi, but midi, no, but a, a look that is beautiful for your leg. It depends on how long your leg is after the knee. People have a very long knee leg from the bottom of the hip down to the knee. That's where all their length is. And then they have a very short leg after that. Well, they're going to have to have a skirt at the knee then, or at the middle of the knee or right above the knee. And if their legs are their most beautiful quality and that's their asset is their legs, why wouldn't they want to rock them? So, you know, rules are there for me, but I break them depending on who they're for. But you say, I always pay attention to who they're telling me they are, you know, as I know, like my, I have two sisters. One is taller with a better figure. The other one is taller with a better figure, much leaner. You know, one is olive skinned and dark hair when she was young. Now she has beautiful white hair and blue eyes, olive skin. My other sister is uh, more uh, a warmer colored skin than mine and bluer eyes and much thinner and a, a kind of a flatter, thinner body type. You know what I mean? And they could both wear clothes way better than I could, but they don't have my personality. They have different personalities. They're much more conservative and they're much more tuned down. And uh, if I might say not outgoing in the same way, uh, outgoing in other ways, but not so much, not wanting to be outgoing in terms of fashion. They don't want to be that way. And they're not that way, but they also don't want to be, you know? So if I'm ever looking for something for them, I keep them in mind. And yeah, I may want to umph it a little with the jewelry or with the shoe or something, but I, I don't lose them. I don't let the clothes wear them because they're perfect just the way they are. They're just different than me. And we've done that. I had a niece, the same, I mean, a cousin, Wendy, that I did the same thing. I, I dressed her to go out one time when we were in Los Angeles. And uh, it was when uh, Jimmy Schmitz, one of my very favorite actors, I wanted to see him and I wanted to see Shirley MacLaine. And I saw them both that trip. And I really do believe I just put it out there and I got it. You know what I'm saying? And so I was taking my cousin to... Uh, Oh, I forget what the name of the restaurant was, but it was like hangar of an airplane. I forget the name of it right now. It'll come to me in a day. But anyway, I took my cousin Wendy and there and she, I dressed her and she just felt so awkward the whole time. This is a person who she, she looked really pretty with the blue eyes and the natural white blonde hair and the light skin. And I dolled her all up. 
like a baby doll when she has like, you know, five, five master's degrees or whatever. You know what I mean? It just really wasn't her, but she did it because it was her birthday. But it was, she did, she couldn't wait to get home to get that costume off, you know? So I learned my lesson. So tell us a little bit more. There's only like 10 minutes left. Okay. So tell us anything else. Finish your story. You want to do the older women because you are going to try to bring yeah. out who they are. You see, or how the thing. Um, it just it just so happened that it, when I went into retail, that's the real woman. You know, I'm in the celebrity world, and people aren't really listening. They're on the phone. You know, you're doing their dress or your shoe or whatever. But when I went into uh, retail and I could work with the real woman, yes, I decided that I would treat her and give her that experience of being uh, a model, or but not in a fake way, but the attention that you give a woman or a man when you are working with their look, their presentation. So yes. I found that when I worked with the older woman, they were so appreciative. It was yes. like, it was so intimate, the, the experience, the, the conversation, what they say and how they reveal themselves. It's just, it was just so rewarding for both yes. of us. And I would dress someone to celebrate who they are, who they were in their life, lifetimes, so that they could, uh, they could feel joyous yes. and not feel down like, oh, you know, I, I've disappeared from the world of fashion. No one looks at me because they, they feel that way. I mean, that's a few of us understand, you know, we, we own the transition. Yes. A lot of women, you know, they just, they feel helpless. Mm -hmm. So when I work with older women, which seems to be a very good market for me. Um, yes. And they have money to spend as well. You know, the very, very young people are kind of the fashionable thing is not to be fashionable, so to speak. And oh, that's right. become uh, a big deal. And I find that the 50 to 95 year olds, and I have a designer here in town who has many, many, many clients that are retired, 65 to 95. And because they have a steady income every month and they know how much they can spend, they're always buying because that's what they want. They want clothes. They want accessories. They want things. And she says, you know, I don't even, you know, that's who she promotes her line to. And yeah, she has some young moms and some young people in their, you know, 20s to early 40s and up to 50 that she also uh, does close for, but they have a multitude so, to select from. Whereas not too many people are actually designing clothes and making them particularly for 60 to 90. You know, they're just not doing it. And they're really crazy because there's money there. 
money and there's money to be had and the 50 year olds are going to have money too. So I'm happy that you're paying attention to them and find and dressing um, them. I think that's well, wonderful. I, I am doing a, uh, working on a series of photographs okay. of older women uh, with almost the feeling of a portrait, but in a fashion way. Okay. So, so you can put it in your home and it can be in family and not, you know, some some painting where there's a dog on your lap and no smiling, but a really glamorous way. And I have found that all I have to do is look in their own closet. Yes. Because the pieces that are there, you cannot find on the rack. That's right. And exactly. Or the beautiful fabrics. Exactly. Right. So I, that has been a wonderful thing that uh, to go out and try to find something where a lot of women, you know, you buy something because you love it, but you don't wear it. But then all of a sudden, this is a great occasion to wear it, to be photographed, to be, you know, to go to a photo shoot, have it be about yes. you and bring your gowns or whatever. And I love that. And, yes, and to me, I I'm so excited about working on that. Yeah, I think Sorry. that's wonderful. I hope you do a book and put them in a book so that people can buy the book of all of this, and uh, you know you'll come up with a clever title and uh, Madeline Ruse's muses. <laughs> Your muses. Okay, we're gonna have to go. I've got two minutes left. Oh my. It, I've just had so much fun talking to you, Madeline. You are a wealth of information. And I do want you to be my stylist. And you can, I wish you could come and see my wardrobe. You could probably help me put things together even better. But that is something I love to do. I love clothes. I love to dress. Uh, I don't do much uh, when I'm on the air because I'm trying to uh, keep my youthful face from not <laughs> uh, hanging and sagging so much and try to wear things that look best on a, on a little photo for, uh, for these kind of things with uh, live shows. But I think you've had a very exciting career and I think you are still having a very exciting career and you are doing things that matter. So good luck with that. And I will want you to get on my site and look at um, uh, Laura Tanzer because she's the designer I was talking about that has all ages, but she has a lot. She has clients from New York, San Francisco, ladies that just want to look savvy. She does a lot of asymmetry and she knows how to how to dress a short waist or a long waist. And she's doing a whole body geometry thing now. And I mean, I just think she does some marvelous things that you would love. And she's got a coat that I bought that I think Iris would like as well. It's got a big collar and big cuffs and is a bright fuchsia with navy. And then you can turn it inside out if you want the navy with the bright fuchsia. It's just fantastic. She does some beautiful 
architectural type things, you know, and then there are other designers on there that I think you would love. And I, what I love about my show is that everybody that's been on my show, now they're starting to talk to each other. And uh, I find it, I had another um, girl from Puerto Rico. Um, Her name is Eva de Jesus. And she's going to be on on uh, September the 13th, but I've already uh, recorded her yesterday. So I think you would love her because she's uh, doing some exciting things and all of the other designers you would love as well. So I got to go. Thank you so much, Madeline. Thank you so much. You've been fantastic as a muse. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for everything you've accomplished and what you're still accomplishing. I think it's great. And I think it's absolutely amazing. So when you come up with, with something absolutely interesting and outlandish and not, not out of the park price rise, let me know. (laughs) Okay. Great to have you on Madeline. And we'll, we'll do this again. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to The Space of the Waste. Please join host Melody Edmondson again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you next time. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Find out what's happening on the Voice 